Cahill Summers and I'm Judith Lynn, your Chagas Sustainability Advisors and you're welcome to the Chagas Environment Edge podcast bringing you the latest information, science and opinion to improve farm sustainability. With the Christmas season very much in swing now and lots of houses displaying wonderfully lit up trees and decorations, sometimes we take for granted how much we rely on our electricity supply or how it's produced. Chagas Energy and Rural Development Specialist Barry Cashlin joins us to discuss the possibility of energy shortages in the future, price hikes and what the agricultural industry can do to help solve the problem. The way we produce and use energy is going to change dramatically Cahill over the next 10 years. Um, Airgrid is the company which manages our electrical distribution grid and it is committed to providing 70% of Ireland's electricity from renewable sources by 2030. But at the moment, we're just generating about 36% of our electricity from renewables, and that's mainly coming from wind. So that's really the reason for the push to incentivize the switching away from fossil fuels. When I talk about fossil fuels, I'm talking about coal and gas, and 50% of our electricity is actually produced at the moment from the fossil fuel gas. We phased out uh, we phased out oil back in 2011, so none of our electricity is produced from uh, oil um, since then. So the coal power stations have been decommissioned at Money Point, uh, but there is potential that they could become being used again because there are potential issues with uh, electricity uh, shortages, there's projected shortages because there's going to be a massive change in terms of our um, in this transition to renewables, and there, there will potentially be shortages at certain times. Like the wind doesn't produce electricity. If, uh, if, if the wind isn't blowing, uh, the solar PV won't generate electricity at nighttime. So this is where, you know, we have been warned about blackouts and shortages and higher bills, you know, as the UK are already facing. And, um, you know, some of the companies as well, you've probably seen the likes of, you know, Electric Ireland and Bright Energy. Like you've seen, uh, you know, a lot of price hikes, like since the start of energy costs are expected to rise by around 500 euro for the average household this year uh, and there's been something like 30 price hike announcements from the different uh, energy providers this year alone and i think the most significant increase this year you can see it in the transport sector where costs have gone up about over 11 percent and this is mainly caused by higher prices for diesel for petrol for cars um, and also in the higher cost of servicing uh, personal transport as well. So as much as 80% of the country's energy needs will have to be produced from renewables by 2030. Uh, and you know, we'll be, we will be heating our homes in the future as well, using heat pumps. Those heat pumps will use compressors, compressors which re- require electricity. So essentially we'll be heating a lot more of our homes from electricity as well. And that's going to put an increased demand on the electricity uh, uh, grid and the sources of electricity that we'd be that we'd be using in the future. Uh, and uh, Irish data centers will be accounting for around 15% of the country's elect- total electricity consumption this year in 2021. And I think the medium range projection is that data centers will be consuming about 24% of all of Ireland's electricity availability by 2030. That, that'll be enough to power over 1 million homes um, in the country. So the electricity usage will represent about 31% of the, 
of all the power available on the grid at, at, at any time in, um, in, in from, the, from the data centers. So I think the way we produce the electricity uh, from renewables going forward uh, is going to be very, very important. I think agriculture will pay, play a major role in doing that. Um, but certainly, yeah, I think, um, you know, that there are going to be a, a lot of um, jitters over the next five years in this transition from fossil fuel produced electricity to uh, renewable forms of electricity. It's funny because uh, I hadn't really heard much until the media broke there recently that you know, we're going to be a bit of a crisis over the next five years. And I, I don't know, are they dramatizing it or is it the way it's going to be that we could have blackouts at certain times? I presume that's not the case. But if energy is getting going to be a shortage and you, you touched on it there with price rises, if it's down to supply and demand and the energy is not there, the prices are surely going to go up, up and up and uh, until we come up with the technologies to look after that. Yeah, and this is where we're going to be looking at the, the, the type of technologies that will be you know, you know, we, we could be looking at technologies like biogas or anaerobic digestion from a renewable generation perspective. Like if, if, if we're talking about 80 percent uh, or the figures is anywhere between 70 and 70 percent of our electricity to be coming from renewables by 2030. Um, that's going to create a massive transition. Now, if you think of some of these renewable technologies like wind turbines that aren't generating electricity continuously and solar PV, where a lot of the chips are, are being laid at the moment, again, won't be generating electricity continuously. But there are other technologies, such as biogas, uh, anaerobic digestion, where you could be continuously producing electricity all year round, no intermittency at all. So the technologies do exist, but uh, I suppose what we have to look at from an Irish perspective is, what's the best options for us going forward? That in mind then, Barry, what opportunities are available to the farming sector um, in terms of renewable energy generation? Yeah, I suppose most farms don't use a lot of electricity um, during the daytime, uh, every day. The exceptions would be the intensive units like pigs, poultry, horticulture, a lot of electricity usage, a lot of heat usage on those farms. The problems for dairy farmers is that batteries are still too expensive to slot into the mix and to store that power for the period that they are actually going to need it. But even when battery storage, our batteries themselves become more affordable um, and to be plugged into dairy units all over the country, there's got to be a whole swathe of the farming community and the beef and the sheep and the tillage sectors where they have minimal power requirements and they won't be able to utilize solar power at any scale. Um, so like large shed roof space is perfect and they're ideal locations for solar panels and the turn otherwise redundant space into power generation and they're out of the island of the general public. And power generation companies could, could potentially be signing up farmers to rent their roof space and everyone gets a slice of the pie. So micro generation and the ability to sell to the grid may be an opportunity for farmers uh, fairly soon. And hopefully we will have an announcement on that fairly soon uh, on, 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 on possibilities there. But in terms of, I suppose there are opportunities for farmers to set up agricultural supply chains in terms of biomass, setting up biomass trade centers, whether that's forestry pulpwood, selling biomass into, into boilers, into places that have large heat or hot water demand. So the opportunity to sell renewable heat and the type of agricultural feedstocks that could be used there will be pulpwood from forestry or straw. We produce over 1 million tons of straw in Ireland every year. Uh, purpose-grown energy crops, it could be grass for silage, uh, biogas or anaerobic digestion. 
So there'll be a there'll be a lot of different uh, opportunities there for farmers to to, to 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 get involved. So I suppose it's it's really about you know, and I always say the 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 first fuel on every farm is looking at energy efficiency, cutting down the kilowatt hours that need to be used uh, to run various pieces of equipment, or whether that's putting in a variable speed drive in a, in a milking parlor, um, you know, to cut the kilowatt hours of electricity used during the milking process. All of these things need to be looked at first before you start deploying renewable technologies such as solar PV or biogas. Um, uh, you, you need to become energy efficient. And that, that would be dairy farmers, you know, maybe monitoring their energy use, benchmarking it, I'd love to see more examples of dairy farmers benchmarking and discussion groups together, uh, comparing what they're spending on uh, electricity usage on their farm on a monthly, um, uh, yearly basis. Um, you know, optimizing the milk cooling systems, basic improvements in water heating, lighting system improvements, looking at LED lights and lights of variable speed drives. You know, and on pig units as well, there's, there's great opportunities as well. You know. If, maybe putting in building energy management systems, you know, regularly servicing the boilers, insulation for air tightness, looking at things like circulation fans, um, you know, fitting maybe automatically controlled natural ventilation systems. And again, like, you know, on poultry farms, very, very similar to that. Again, lighting, insulation, um, building energy management systems are, are, are very, very important there as well. But then the, the, the main opportunities for farmers to, after that, deploying these technologies will be, you know, many farmers are being um, asked by development companies at the moment to host solar PV on their lands, host wind turbines on their lands, to feed in, uh, you know, to, uh, to sign exclusivity agreements and long-term option agreements with these developers. And that's an opportunity for farmers to rent out or lease their land for long periods of time and get a guaranteed income over maybe 20 to 30 years. So these are the, I suppose, the opportunities that are emerging there at the moment, uh, which I suppose is great from the perspective of diversifying the income stream for the farmer. It's creating land use alternatives. And God knows we know that our beef farmers are looking for, while prices might be good at the moment, but beef has been bad for the last decade and uh, many of those beef farmers are looking for land use alternatives and uh, I suppose energy supply and also utilizing uh, energy uh, on your own farm are opportunities going forward. You mentioned anaerobic digestion there Barry a second ago um, can you tell us what, what, what it is really I suppose every meeting I go to I'd say once every few months farmers will come up to me asking me about it well, what is it, number one, but is it, is it a potential, I suppose, enterprise on a farm? Yeah, AD or biogas is um, it's a, it's a type of energy generation, and it's been around for many years. I mean, it's used in loads of companies in India and China for even a really small scale for even cooking food on and run their ovens on, on it on cow dung. But um, the opportunities, I suppose, for AD is we're talking here about larger scale projects. You know, you're talking about maybe 500 kilowatt type projects, like what you see in Germany, in Denmark, in, in Austria, and in many countries across Europe. And uh, AD is essentially where you're using uh, feedstocks, carbon based feedstocks, um, such as it could be grass silage, it could be animal manures, it could be the organic fraction of municipal solid waste, it could be food waste. 
um, um, you know, it could be sewage sludge, seaweed, um, all of these materials can be fed into a digester. There's a retention period of maybe uh, 30 or 40 days. They operate at a temperature of around maybe 40, 45 degrees Celsius. And in, during that retention period, uh, the, the material is broken down, the organic fraction is broken down, and it produces, through, through the methanogen bacteria, it produces a gas called a biogas. That gas contains about 60% carbon dioxide. It contains, um, sorry, 6% methane, about 40%, um, 35% carbon dioxide, and the rest is made up of trace gases like hydrogen sulfide, water vapor. Uh, and that biogas, can be run through an engine to produce electricity, and the byproduct is heat. So it's CHP or combined heat and power. But there's also the opportunity in that process to upgrade that biogas to biomethane to clean up the gas. So you're taking out essentially um, the, uh, the you're taking out the meat, the carbon dioxide and the hydrogen sulfide, cleaning up that gas to over 97% methane, and that's called biomethane. And that methane could be our biomethane could be injected into the national gas grid. To produce renewable um, uh, heat feedstock and displace the natural gas, which is a fossil fuel essentially in our gas networks. And uh, that's something that Gas Networks Ireland are looking um, at at the moment under like Project Clover is to displace that natural gas because all gas networks all over Europe are under pressure to decarbonize their gas networks and replace the fossil fuel gas with the renewable gas. So farmers will have a major role to play in doing that. But it's going to require policy mechanisms to make it all happen. And you know, there will be opportunities for jobs to be created in the process. There will be a lot of um, investment required. You know, you're talking about billions of euros that will have to be invested to get this industry off the ground. But it will improve our energy security, reduce our energy import bill uh, if we do get more AD uh, operating on the ground. Um, and AD is a technology which can take, like when we look at energy use in Ireland, it's for transport, it's for heat, and it's electricity. And AD can be used for all three of those. So many of these technologies can only be used for maybe electricity only, uh, and not heat and not transport. But you can, that upgraded biogas, because it's the same as propane or natural gas, that could be used in bus fleets, in captive fleets, it could be used in, for heavy goods vehicles. Um, you know, so you're t so there are, there will be new opportunities emerging on the horizon, like the biomethane and transport, like hydrogen and transport, that will offer opportunities for farmers to be supplying feedstocks such as grass silage into these digesters uh, to keep them fed all year round. Because that's one of the biggest challenges in the due diligence of all, any of these AD biogas projects is to secure the feedstock to keep these digesters fed all year round. What is Chagas doing um, to lead and promote alternative and renewable energy sources? Yeah, I suppose, uh, or, or what am I doing? What are you <laughs> doing, Barry? <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose we run a lot of events um, uh, on, on, uh, around these whole areas on various topics. And we would, you know, I suppose one of the biggest events that we run every year is in Gurching College. Um, and it's, it's called energy and agriculture. So it's one every year in the month of August. We've done it together with Chagask and uh, Gurchin Agricultural College and um, Tipperary Energy Agency and Tipperary County Council. And it's, it's, it's worked out to be a great event at disseminating information about the options for farmers in the various types of farmers that can uh, use these renewable technologies. 
become more energy efficient. We developed a series of um, fact sheets, there's over 20 fact sheets on energy and stuff like connected to the grid, energy crops, um, the, the, um, uh, the, the areas of biogas. So it gives farmers an introduction to these areas. So we would run some seminars from time to time or have run seminars when we were allowed on face-to-face seminars on things like biogas or heat pumps and these technologies and their relevance uh, to agriculture. And we're also, we've set up a training program for advisors now to train up our advisors on energy use. So that's something that we'd be delivering with uh, with Sligo Institute of Technology through a European uh, project called AgroRes. We'll be training advisors uh, with both within Chagas and private advisors as well on, uh, on, on uh, I suppose, dealing with those questions that farmers may have on their farm. Because most advisors are very competent in their own areas, whether that's on breeding or uh, um, technical advice on, um, you know, on-farm on agricultural advice. But when it comes to the area of uh, energy, the, maybe advisors are, are out of their comfort zone, maybe talk about suitable lighting or suitable heating systems or cooling systems. So that's why we want to provide this training for the advisors um, also. That's great, Barry. Well, look, I suppose hopefully the amount of Christmas lights we put up this year won't be going black out over Christmas, but just like to thank you and wish you and your family a very happy Christmas. Thanks, Barry. Thank you very much, guys. Same to yourselves. That's it for this episode of the Chagas Environment Edge podcast. Thanks to Barry Castlin, Chagask Energy and Rural Development Specialist for joining us on the show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. And you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Cahal Summers. And I'm Georgia Lynn. We'd like to wish you and your family a very, very happy Christmas and a happy new year.